This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you today by Untuck It and Manscaped. This is the November 7th episode, and we, as always, are dedicated to answering all of those fantasy football questions. I am your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. Today, we are talking to Adam Levitan, who is the co-founder at Establish the Run, also a DraftKings analyst and host of the Daily Fantasy Football Edge pod. He's a two-time Fantasy Sports Writers Association award winner and has been providing top content for years in fantasy football. The amount of information he, Evan Silva, and all the great people over at Establish the Run put out on a weekly basis is incredible. I'm a subscriber, no matter what format, seasonal, DFS, Dynasty, it's one of the best sites in existence for fantasy football. He's an automatic follow if you're not doing it already on Twitter at Adam Levitan, and he is the best person to tell us how to get our teams to maximum efficiency as we enter the double-digit weeks, week 10 of the NFL season. Adam, welcome to the show. It's an honor to have you on the road of his fantasy football mailbag. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. You know, we've started every mailbag this year talking about how the experts began their start in fantasy football. Establish the run is off to an amazing start. You took a huge chance in the offseason and basically bet on yourself and that professional and personal relationship with Evan. Take us into the process of starting ETR and how's it going so far? Yeah, well, well, thank you for being a uh, customer. We appreciate it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think just generally speaking, um, the way that people consume media and content in general, not just fantasy football or, or DFS or, or, or whatever, you know, is going to change pretty rapidly, I think, over the next, I don't know, decade or, or so, where it's just going to become normal for people to pay for the content that they actually want, for the niche content, for the um, just what they want, you know, because nobody really wants to just read a bunch of general stuff anymore, and nobody wants to read, um, you know, more than what they, they actually want. So specialized, uh, stuff I think is going to be the way, and it's going to be normal for, uh, people to be willing to pay for what they think, uh, what we hope is better than what's out there, uh, for free. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think the general idea was we spent the last 10 to 15 years kind of, um, working to, uh, build people's trust and build the brand and, and have people uh, relate to us and have people think that we can help them. And, and so uh, we thought it was time to, to better ourselves. And instead of leaving the decisions and, and how stuff is presented and who we work with and, 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 and all that, instead of leaving that up to 
uh, people who, you know, went to business school or, or whatever, uh, you know, uh, we make the decisions now. And, and I think that's, that's better for us. And I think that's better for the customer too. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's, it's been super stressful. Obviously like one thing when you work for uh, a big company, you know, it's, it's not that stressful, you know, you show up, you write your article, you know, you do podcasts, whatever, and then, uh, you go home and, and, and that's fine. This has been, um, you know, more of a, a 24 hour thing, but, uh, I, I like, I like being, uh, in control and, and, uh, so yeah, I think for us, it, it's been, it's been good. You've provided incredible insight for the preseason package, everything in season, DFS, Friday night. I'm driving up to get a new dog for my family. I'm popping in the earbuds, listening to the audio playback of Evan's matchups. I mean, there's so many great things on the site. We're headed into week 10, which is the home stretch for fantasy football. Most leagues have about five weeks left. Who have the biggest hits of the year been so far for you? And who's the one guy that you whiffed on here in the preseason? You've had a ton of hits. Who were some of the ones that you really called that, that went well and maybe one that you, you kind of missed there? Yeah, well, one that comes to mind that I definitely missed was it was Dante Moncrief. I mean, it's hard to be excited about a guy and then have the dude like literally get cut and like not even play. I mean, that's that, that's really, really bad. Um, so Dante Moncrief, you know. Uh, it appears he is not an NFL caliber player. And certainly the Ben Roethlisberger injury didn't help the case uh, for Dante Moncrief, but it seemed like he was on a really bad path uh, anyways uh, before that. Um, yeah, it hits, you know, obviously the Chris Godwin stuff was was kind of a joke, but, you know, I, I was shocked that people were making fun of him being, you know, as his ADP started to climb. You know, I think he started in the seventh or eighth round, and by the end he was in the third round, and, and I thought, you know, third round sounded about uh, right. So that probably got about uh, efficient towards the end. But but that's one that certainly uh, comes to mind. And then, uh, you know, Austin Eckler, too. And, and I know Austin Eckler now is uh, on shaky ground. But if you had Austin Eckler for the first eight or nine weeks, I mean, uh, you were in put yourself in you put your team in really, really good shape for a guy who went in uh, probably the, the eighth or ninth round. And, and it was pretty obvious to me that Melvin Gordon's holdout was going to sustain and that Austin Eckler is like the exact kind of player that we want to own and we want to play in DFS and he's just perfect for for today's NFL so so those those come to mind yeah mine was Didi Westbrook Uh, I was on team Didi the preseason everything and it just hasn't really worked out but uh, staying with the Chargers we're talking about some major fantasy disappointments this season there are players who we were high on that have underachieved but still have a chance here to maybe turn it around and have a strong finish so I wanted to get your take on a couple guys here who have disappointed or maybe not lived up to what their their draft spot was but still have a chance first one is Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen now listen we've seen Keenan Allen do this before one touchdown last year in week one then didn't have anything until week 10 then had five consecutive weeks with a touchdown Keenan Allen hasn't broken 61 receiving yards since week three what are your thoughts on him moving forward here now that Melvin Gordon is back and the Chargers seem to be making their annual late season push yeah you know uh Keenan Allen uh you know the way that he runs routes in the area of the field where he runs routes he, he needs a lot of volume to have these huge games um so when you have Hunter Henry healthy and Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, um, you know, and they also throw the ball sometimes to some of these, you know, number three and number four wide receivers. You know, it's hard to project Keenan Allen these days for those 11, 12, 13 target games that we've seen before. There will be games for sure where he gets them down the stretch and he's going to smash. I mean, he's still a really good player. I don't think that this hamstring injury 
is that big a deal. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly not um, uh, out on Keenan Allen. It's just harder and harder for him uh, on when he gets fewer and fewer targets to get there. Another wide receiver, same sort of pedigree, but is having trouble with his quarterback. Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson. He had a plus matchup last week against an Eagles poorest secondary. Robinson, one reception, six yards. Now listen, he's getting 8.8 targets per game. Right now he's overall 11th with 70 targets, but they had their bye, which is important. This is indictment, of course, of, of, of Mitch Bortles, okay? But should we be concerned moving forward, or do you just, you know, let's say, you know what, we're going to chase the targets, Robinson will come around. I almost thought, too, Adam, they were going to put Chase Daniel in there in the second half. Yeah, and they might go to Chase Daniel. That that would not surprise me uh, at all, and I think that would probably be a good thing for Allen Robinson at this point. And, and it's not because I don't think Mitchell Trubisky definitely, like, can't uh, put up fantasy numbers. Like, he's obviously a bad quarterback, but he can still put up fantasy numbers the problem is his confidence is shaken and the coach's confidence uh in him uh just to do simple things appears lost so uh, it's really hard uh to be excited about Allen robinson as with trubisky uh under center but yeah i think there's a really good chance they go to chase daniel uh down the stretch we look for trade targets here and there's about a week left maybe in some leagues for trades to happen Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Watkins, that week one overall wide receiver one performance, that was a long time ago. Mahomes may be back this week. Certainly the Chiefs down the stretch here are going to probably get rolling. Can he regain some of that wide receiver two magic, or or, or do you think maybe it's not worth it for people to chase Watkins here coming down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, we saw him in the role last season. You know, he had some huge games and he had some duds, even when Mahomes was having this uh, historic, historic season, you know, so... I think Sammy Watkins just kind of is what it is at this point. He's certainly going to pop off for some big games. And he's going to have some some bad games too. Um, you know, he can't really do it with Matt Moore. Obviously, needs Patrick Mahomes back. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was um, disconcerting that while Tyreek Hill was out and Mahomes was in there, that Sammy wasn't able um, to capitalize on that opportunity. So uh, yeah, I think you know, as fantasy community has overrated. Sammy Watkins talent for uh, a long, long time now. And it's kind of, you know, when your priors start to creep in for like three, four or five years, it's probably really bad. Quarterback here, last one I want to finish up on is Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz. I had an argument, people, on social media in the offseason. I just did not have Carson Wentz as a preseason top 12 quarterback. There were players like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, who I just liked a little bit more. Currently, he's quarterback 14 in points per game. It seems like his QB1 days are almost tied to Deshaun Jackson, who now, of course, is out. Before last week, four of his previous five games, 191 passing yards or less. Last week against the Bears, at home, 239 yards, one touchdown, of course, tough defense. Does he have a one finish left in him, even with a wide receiving core that seems to be compromised here? You know, it's trouble for Carson Wentz. I mean... Um, their receivers are so slow and not dynamic. They don't make big plays. It's just all on Carson Wentz to do, uh, to do it all. And like, you know, they're poking around on Jordan Matthews. I mean, that doesn't help the situation. So you need touchdowns from Carson Wentz. Like I don't see him, uh, having really good yards per attempt games. Um, he's going to have a lot of short passes and a lot of guys who uh, catch the ball and get tackled quickly. So, uh, yeah, you know, you need touchdowns from Carson Wentz. He can certainly, do so. Uh, he's going to have some three touchdown games for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you that um, it's hard to see him uh, really popping off and being somebody you'd be excited about 
uh, with Deshaun Jackson done, especially. I have a question here from a listener about the Rams. I feel like the Rams are a tipping point here in fantasy football because, of course, last year they were so explosive. This year, you have Gurley coming in, a lot of questions with him with the health, the wide receivers. Goff has not performed as well. So real interesting game here coming up in Week 10. They travel to Pittsburgh against a Pittsburgh defense that has played very, very well. They're kind of hanging around here now that Mason Rudolph is back. Question is, Rams offense quite different from last season. All of their offensive weapons have been a downgrade pretty much except Cooper Cup. How do you project Woods and Gurley rest of season? Of course, Brandon Cook's absence, no timetable for the return. Does that create more opportunities for the other wide receivers? Or do you think now it's Josh Reynolds' time to step up and maybe be a sneaky wide receiver three play? And of course, talking about Gurley. So just sort of handicap the Rams offense here with no Cooks and how you think it's, it's going to progress moving forward. Yeah, I think they're going to continue to run a ton of uh, 11. I mean, they're going to still run a ton of three wide receiver sets and just put Josh Reynolds out there. Uh, Will Josh Reynolds command as many targets as Brandon Cooks does? Well, Brandon Cooks wasn't getting targeted that much this year uh, anyways. So I don't know that this is going to have a real material effect on the way the Rams play or on the Rams uh, target share. Now, you could say that um, uh, Gerald Everett has become a thing this year and they're going to uh, use Gerald Everett more in the past game now that Brandon Cooks is out. I'm not sure I'm buying that. I mean, Gerald Cooks, uh, Gerald Everett and Brandon Cooks uh, do not run anywhere near uh, overlapping routes. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there's probably going to be a bit of an overreaction. I'm not going to get too excited. Uh, obviously, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are going to be strong players on a week-to-week basis. I don't know about them at Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh gets so much pressure on the quarterback and Jared Goff struggles so much. Uh, under pressure. But generally speaking, I think Woods and Cup are going to be really good plays on a week to week basis, Um, you know, kind of just as they've been all year. So the Rams offense are going to have some good plays here down the stretch, uh, just in time for Thanksgiving. And of course, we have the holidays around the corner. One thing that I look for in the holidays here is to try to find a, a gift for someone from Untuck It. I have Untuck It shirts. They're designed to be worn untucked. They always fall at that right length, no matter what the size. Have you ever seen an untucked button down? They always look bad because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, at Untuck It, the original button down shirt is designed to be worn untucked. I use them. They're fantastic, comfortable. Use them on the weekends. Just put them on, and it's it's an amazing, amazing fit. I've had frustration with shirt shopping in the past. No one wants to go to the malls and the stores around holiday time. It's a disaster. So you go to Untuck It. You take a look. You have 50-plus fit combinations, tall, short, slim, athletic fits of all ages. Love the material, the design. There's a multitude of color options. You can find it Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores if you find one in your area, which is fantastic. With Untuck It, these shirts never look baggy. They're never bulky or too long or too big. Website is super easy easy to use. So whether you're looking for the perfect holiday gift or you're just trying to get that relaxed style for yourself like I have, Untuck It is the way to go. Please visit UntuckIt.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off at Untuck It. Adam, we have six teams on a buy this week, so this is kind of like our buy-pocalypse. I do a waiver wire piece for Action Network, and several of the players that were available last week actually made an impact. So I feel like the waiver wire in week nine, people were able to plug into their seasonal leagues and really get an impact. So here are some players that are still available on most waiver wires or were just picked up, and I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on them. 
Like Charlie Brown with the football man in one of my leagues, I did pick up Ronald Jones. I just picked him up this morning. Do you think it's really his time? Arian says he's going to get more touches. Do you think that Ronald Jones here, we're looking at an RB1 moving forward? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I think this um, Tampa Bay run scheme just in general uh, is not that great. And I think that Ronald Jones has shown a really low floor. I think Ronald Jones is going to still lose some time to Peyton Barber, and he's certainly going to lose a ton of third down and pass down reps to Darren Gunawable. So, um, yeah, I don't think Ronald Jones' role, even in a best-case scenario, is that great. That said, he plays the Arizona Cardinals this week. We expect to play volumes to be elevated for the Tampa Bay Bucks and the efficiency to be elevated against the Cardinals as well. So, yeah, I think for this week, Ronald Jones would be uh, somebody I'd be okay playing, uh, generally speaking. I'm still going to be uh, selling, I think, on Ronald Jones. You know, the waiver wire gets very thin here. So with six teams on a bye, if someone needs a wide receiver, wide receiver three, or flex play, they could actually start looking at Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker. I get it. It's the Dolphins. But, of course, Preston Williams out for the season, which is really unfortunate coming off that two-touchdown performance. Devontae Parker fits magic. He tends to lock on a one receiver. A wide receiver three, possible? Yeah, I, I mean – um, Ryan Fitzpatrick can put numbers on the board. I mean, you know, you say what you want about the Dolphins, but he's very aggressive. He doesn't care about turning the ball over. Um, he likes to chuck it, and and they get behind a lot. And, yeah, so it sets up pretty well for, for Devontae Parker, I think. Um, you know, not the best possible matchup against the Colts, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, Devontae Parker's been playing at a reasonable level all year, and, and you know, he's certainly better than Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson or, or whoever else the – the Dolphins are going to try it out there. So I'm okay with that one for sure. You know, I looked this morning, running backs, of course, people always looking for running backs. Detroit's Ty Johnson, no Trey Carson. I don't know, Adam, if there really even was Trey Carson, if he was ever really worth mentioning, but not there anymore. J.D. McKissick outplayed Johnson in Oakland last week, certainly very good in the receiving game. Ty Johnson value check. He was a guy who everybody liked, and he kind of disappointed. Can he make his way back here once they get some better running matchups, or do you think it's just a backfield to avoid? Um, yeah, I think it's mostly a backfield to avoid. Uh, it depends how deep your league is and everything. I still think Ty Johnson uh, can play, and it was a good sign they're not really using Paul Perkins uh, very much at all. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, I think that the way the Lions win is with Matthew Stafford and and with no carry on, they're taking more pass heavy approaches, which uh, is really good for them in, in general. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, even when carry on was healthy, it wasn't like he was getting 20 touches and 120 yards anyways. I mean, this is still kind of a, a middling uh, to weak run game with with uncertain usage. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I've I've been lower, I think, on the Lions backfield. Um, than maybe some others. And, and yeah, it, it's it's not that exciting. Uh, it'd be a desperation play for me. You know, you look ahead at the schedule, and for some reason I have the feeling that the Week 16 Bengals-Dolphins game is going to have a, a, a really unfair amount of determining fantasy football championships. I feel like that's a battle there that could go either way. Dolphins uh, running back situation, Mark Walton is now suspended. 
Are there players that are worth a flyer there in that Dolphins backfield? They could be home against a poor Bengals team. Could be a battle for the number one pick. Who knows? But when you see a matchup like that in week 16 where you could see fantasy value, what do you see there in the Dolphins backfield? Is that that worth anything to you at all? You pretty much say, you know what, the teams are so bad, I'm not even bringing it into consideration. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think that the Dolphins' uh, run game is going to be committed to one guy. Uh, you know, they have Balage and Laird and Gaskin. They might bring in somebody else. I think so. Um, you know, I, I I don't think there's enough red zone opportunity, enough efficiency to to be excited about any running back with the Dolphins. The Bengals, on the other hand, yeah, I mean, in, in games against the Dolphins, obviously uh, Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard are splitting time right now, which which is rough uh but in games against the dolphins and i think ryan finley can can help um in some ways and getting aj green back can help uh, in more ways so uh yeah you know you're gonna have matchups where joe mixon i think will will be back in play and I've gotten a lot of questions for some reason as with Kenyon Drake as a trade target. Chase Edmonds out with a hamstring injury. He had what most of us thought was a bad matchup there, just coming onto Arizona and playing San Francisco. But of course, he performed very, very well. Now the Cardinals have upcoming games here against Tampa Bay, of course, and then the Niners, and then the bye, and then they come back after that. David Johnson, any news on that? And, and how do you see Kenyon Drake here moving forward for rest of season? Is it is it just something to avoid? Void or, or was that performance actually a barometer of, of an impact he can make? Yeah, so I don't think Chase Edmonds gonna be back for a while. I do expect David Johnson back for uh, Week Ten, and, and you know I, it's hard to say exactly how they're going to split the time. Um, I think Kenyon Drake's gonna play. I think David Johnson's gonna play. You know, I think David Johnson has been there and has earned uh, the right to probably uh, see 65 percent of the running back touches. Uh, I would guess, and Kenyon Drake will get the rest. So there's certainly value there. This is a very, very good run game. It's a team that runs a lot of plays. It's a team that throws to their running backs a, a good amount. So yeah, I think there's certainly value in in Kenyon Drake. It's just gonna be one of these timeshares, maybe similar to what we've seen um, with David with uh, um, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Pat Fitzmaurice put out a question earlier this year that caused a, a lot of debate back and forth. So I've asked all the guests this each week. What, Adam, is your favorite American band of all time? Yeah, I would say the Allman Brothers band. I, I think they're from Florida. Uh, good think, one. Yeah, I think good they're from one. Florida. Um, and, you know, I've probably seen them 10 or 15 times. I'm, I'm not that into to music in general or, or going to concerts, but I do like uh, I do like them. I do like going to concerts. It's always a good time. A question here from a listener. He heard me on the Matt Kelly Road to Underworld pod. And of course, Matt asked for that crazy bold prediction, right? So I went with that Brian Hill would be an RB1 in weeks 14 to 16. We heard that Atlanta was shopping Devontae Freeman there right before the trade deadline. Can Brian Hill come in and make an impact? Because, you know, there's always an Elijah McGuire guy. There's always a, a player down the stretch who comes out and puts in some big performances. Deion Lewis, of course, a few years ago with the Patriots. So Brian Hill, and if not Brian Hill, what is a, a handcuff here that you think actually has a realistic performance maybe of making an impact? Of course, people talk about Alexander Madison with Dalvin Cook, but that's going to take an injury here. Mm-hmm. So uh, weeks 14 to 16, Brian Hill, or is there another guy, a handcuff that kind of is crazy, but you you could see if the chips fall the right way could really be a league winner. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, obviously the the injury ones are the ones that that come to mind. I mean, Alexander Madison or Raquel Armstead or, or some of these guys that uh, are backups in really good spots, um, I think are going to be worth holding. 
uh, especially as your bye weeks pass and you don't need as many bench spots. Um, guys that that uh, are already playing, no one really comes to mind. I mean, obviously, Le'Veon Bell is banged up right now. I'd be sure that I owned uh, Ty Montgomery and or Bilal Powell because I think um, the Jets have some awesome matchups and and Sam Darnold is going to be checking the ball down a lot. And, and yeah, I think those guys are both really good pass catchers. So I'll say them. I know that's not a great answer, but uh, but I'll say them for now. You know, a follow-up question here uh, about someone who has Devin Singletary wants to know where you rank Devin Singletary rest of season. He did get a goal line carry there uh, with Frank Gore. It seems like Frank Gore has been faded out here a little bit over the last few weeks. Of course, he's older. So upcoming schedule for for Buffalo, Browns, Dolphins, Broncos, pretty friendly matchups here. Devin Singletary looking like a, a low-end RB1 rest of season, or do you think Gore is still going to be a pain in the rear there with some of the goal line touches? Yeah, he, he will be. I mean, coaches love to play Frank Gore, and and um, he's not going to go away. But Devin Singletary has outsnapped Frank Gore two weeks ago in a game where the Bills were trailing most of the game. Then he outsnapped Frank Gore severely uh, last week in a game the Bills were winning most of the game. So... Um, you know, he's shown that the coaches are willing to play him in in both situations now and play him ahead of Frank Gore in both situations. I think around the goal line, yeah, you're probably going to see more uh, Frank Gore. But Devin Singletary uh, makes enough big plays where uh, I think he can mitigate that some. And I'd be happy uh, to have uh, Devin Singletary right now. I would be remiss if I had the great Adam Levitan on the pod and did not ask him about DFS. So week 10 on the horizon here, Crystal Bull, you are the master of analyzing DFS, of course, a lot of success for many, many years. So talk about some of those tournament gems. You know, the Millie Maker, of course, it's not a great EV play, of course, but it's very popular with people. So who are some of those tournament gems at each position? Let's say one quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, guys who who are coming up. It's still midweek here, but maybe that you're looking down the line and you know what? They're going to be low ownership and there's someone that have a really high ceiling given their, their low price point. Yeah, you know, one thing is it's it's, it's Wednesday at 10 a.m. You know, I, I've hardly looked, and and I'd encourage people that, to to who play DFS to just uh, not look really at the salaries and and start making teams until Friday or Saturday. It's just you, I think there's a lot of bias that people get. They make a team on Tuesday and they're like, oh well, this team is awesome. I gotta I gotta stick with this. And the new information comes to light, uh, and they hesitate in their mind. Uh, they get take lock or whatever, and, and they can't uh, change the team. So, um, yeah, I, I try really not to look until later in the week. It's just some some things that I noticed early in the week. I'm sure people are going to be off Daniel Jones after he looked pretty bad um, against the Cowboys on on Monday night, but he plays the Jets this week, and I think there's some opportunities. Um, there's some opportunities there. Uh, I, I think uh, Devin Singletary is a guy that you pointed out. I think that. Uh, will probably be uh, in play for sure, given the matchups. Um, you know, the, the Atlanta-New Orleans game is going to be one that I think we need to get right. And there's some, you know, ancillary plays uh, in there, probably like Russell Gage and, and some other kind of thinner plays that probably will go relatively uh, under-owned. And- do you, Adam, interesting. Do you think, is Justin Hardy in play? Uh, you know, now with Mohamed Sanu not there, I mean, he's sort of a feast or famine guy with Atlanta, but uh, any chance for that? Yeah, I, I, I'd have to look at it closer, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be Gage, uh, Julio, and Calvin Ridley in three wide sets. So, um, I, you know, 
I think Justin Hardy either needs to have passed Russell Gage during the bye week or uh, they'll have to run more four wide for Russell Ga- for Justin Hardy to be uh, in play. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's certainly looking like a week where, you know, Christian McCaffrey is 10,500 on DraftKings and uh, a lot of people are going to want to play him and, and we're going to have to find some cheaper guys. I think, yeah, you touched on McCaffrey. I, I think McCaffrey is an automatic play. I mean, I know people shot away from him last week, and it was interesting with him and Dalvin Cook, because Dalvin Cook did not meet that number, but I saw a question on Twitter. Is there a price point, Adam, that you shy away from Christian McCaffrey? Somebody was saying 12K, 13K, or, or pretty much within reason, he's an auto click for you at this point. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a lot of slate context. You know, are there enough cheap guys that we can use Christian McCaffrey and still have access to guys in the rest of our lineup who have realistic shots at at 20 to 25 points? Um, Because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is really likely to score 25 to 30 points uh, on a medium basis. But there's going to be, you know, 10, 20, maybe 25 percent of the time where he only scores 20 points. And if you're spending 11 or 12,000, well. Uh, you got a big problem there if there's no cheap guys that uh, are picking you up with 20 to 25 points themselves. So, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage people to think about each matchup closely and, and to think about the slate context, I think, more importantly. I'm a big gin martini guy. TJ Hernandez has a strong aversion to IPAs. What's your go-to drink of choice on a Friday night in a Levitan household as you're building your weekly, you know, millionaire lineups? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I really rarely drink. I know people, that sounds crazy to people. Everybody in, in, in America drinks so much. I really rarely drink. If I do, I, I drink, I usually just drink Crown Royal on the rocks, that Canadian whiskey stuff. And I, I just, uh, drink it on the rocks because uh, when you m- start mixing it with stuff, it gets like so sweet, and I get such terrible heartburn. So, uh, so yeah, just just straight uh, is the way I'd prefer to do it. <laughs> Should I even ask about the white claw? No, I never. <laughs> I would never drink that. Yeah, that would make me so sick. <laughs> All right, fantasy football momentum time. Will these players keep their momentum off their week nine performance? So we'll assume half PPR. Here are players who had a nice week last week, or maybe they've had two in a row. And I'm curious to see if you if you're buying yet on their performance here. Zach Pascal had a big week then disappeared. Now T.Y. Hilton's going to be out last week. Six targets, five receptions, 76 yards, and one TD. Zach Pascal, what do you think? Yeah, um, very clearly the number one wideout and playing the Dolphins this week. So, um, you know, hopefully Jacoby Brissett is in there over Brian Hoyer. But regardless, I think we can project Zach Pascal for uh, five to eight targets. And and, uh, for people who got him off the wire against playing the Dolphins, that's probably pretty good. We've talked for a lot about the, the season about the connection, the Oklahoma State potential connection between Mason Rudolph and James Washington. James Washington last week, four for 69. Could you see this happening now? Steelers are hanging around at four and four. Could Washington be a, a wide receiver three play? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think Deontay Johnson is just a, a better player by a pretty wide margin. And, and I have major skepticism anyways about Mason Rudolph's ability to sustain drives and sustain offense and push the ball down the field. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be out on, on James Washington. Now, it's not often that a tight end has a 75-yard touchdown reception. And, of course, no offense touchdown last week was greatly aided by a defender falling down with a, a, a terrible attempt at a tackle. Three for 115 and one. But no Emmanuel Sanders, Brendan Allen, safety valve tight end, no offense, certainly athletic rookie tight end. What do you think about him rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, nobody would be talking about no offense if Cleveland didn't have, like, the worst – 
tackling performance on a single play <laughs> all season. You know, he would have had like three for 25 and zero touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not going to go overboard on Noah Fan, especially if Brandon Allen continues to start. Noah Fan's usage has been great all season. He just hasn't been able to bust that big play like he did against uh, Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, I like Noah Fan's talent. Um, I don't want to go overboard on last week. Hunter Renfro was a PPR possible play there at the beginning of the year. It didn't happen. However, with Tyrell Williams now, the year's going on six for 54 and one last week. That was followed four for 88 and one. Uh, Hunter Renfro, PPR leagues, wide receiver three, maybe rest of season? Yeah, that wouldn't be for me. I mean, um, I I think the way Derek Carr uh, plays so conservatively, um, doesn't tend to lend itself to ceiling games. And, and I think we can reach higher than, than Hunter Henfro if we're really talking about top 20, top 30 uh, wide receivers. So, you know, much like Danny Amendola and, and, Cole, and, uh, and Cole Beasley, and I know I'm just naming white slot receivers, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's just hard. These guys, like, it's just hard for them to have uh, really big games. So I, I usually try to uh, search for more upside. Adam, for some reason, I find that Thursday games, of course, are wonky and they're hard to predict. Do you factor that into your predictions at all? Or you pretty much just pretty much stay with the matchups here. So, you know, Chargers Raiders on Thursday, you know, a lot of people can have some players in that game with six teams on a bye. How does the Thursday night factor later in the season when teams are getting, you know, tired and banged up? Does that factor into your projections at all? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm so focused on the main slate for DFS and uh, I'm usually not playing Thursday, uh, Thursday to Monday. I haven't looked at the data, but I know like when Thursday night football first came out, the games were really low scoring, um, relative to expectation. I think that that's been balanced out and now they're, they're around normal expectation. I don't know that for sure, but yeah, I think that, you know, that's a good research study for people to look at is, you know, uh, find the expected points, uh, based on if the game, was played on a Sunday and then find what the outcome was on Thursday and, and see where the differences are. And we're starting to get kind of a big enough sample on Thursday night football where I think that um, uh, you'd probably have something to go on there. What's the most memorable birthday gift or holiday gift you received as a child? Oh, man. A lot of video games. I've gotten a lot of video games on this questions, things like that. Yeah. I mean, God, I, I was obsessed with video games also. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that that's probably it for me. I, I, I don't I don't know. Nothing sticks out. That's probably uh, sad for my childhood. But yeah, nothing really sticks out. Was it a PlayStation or Sega or something like that? Yeah, or was I mean, it I started a- with the first Sega Genesis and then I had uh, PlayStation and then PlayStation 2. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had those forever, you know, all the way up uh, through college. So yeah. Well, folks, if you're looking for a gift for the holidays, might I make a recommendation here for Manscaped? They are a fantastic below-the-belt grooming product for men. It's something we don't want to talk about, not popular, but something that we need to do here. And certainly, manscaping accidents are something that none of us men want. So you don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using down below the belt there. That is not the way to go. So Manscaped has some great things, fantastic product. 
anti-chafing, ball deodorant, moisturizer, great things here. You can put deodorant on your armpits. You certainly have to put it below the belt as well. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. They have all the right tools there, folks. You take pride in yourself as a man. You got to take pride in your appearance and you have to make sure that you take care of yourself as well. So your balls will thank you, folks, at Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE. We have things coming up. Adam talked about video games there. I was a big video game kid, but folks, in 2019, make sure you check out manscaped.com there and get something as we approach the holiday season. Adam, question here. Rank these running backs rest of season. Question from a listener. Wants to know, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, Melvin Gordon there. So you have Jacobs, the rookie who's performed in both phases. Chris Carson, who has the volume here, but has had some fumbling trouble. He fumbled again last week. And, of course, Melvin Gordon here, who finally is back and looks like he's getting into the swing of things with two touchdowns last week. He was a great value at five k on uh, 5000 on DK. Assume half PPR. How do you rank them? Jacobs, Carson, Gordon. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, Josh Jacobs is running, I mean, just so efficiently. The offensive line is playing so, so, so well. And I think it's close between Jacobs and, and Carson. Um, the problem with, with Carson is, uh, you know, they get into this mode sometimes where uh, they refuse to throw the ball to Chris Carson. And I know Josh Jacobs has a really low target projection uh, also. But I think, you know, when the Raiders score points, it's more likely to be through Jacobs. And Carson can certainly lose a lot to Russell Wilson. So I, I would say Josh Jacobs uh, slightly over Chris Carson and then a pretty good ways back to to Melvin Gordon, who I understand uh, just had a, a really good game. But that was, you know, kind of an outlier game script home game against a really bad run defense in the Packers. This question's interesting now because last year, I think you answer it the opposite of how you answer it this year. Dynasty, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook. Is it easy? Is it just a slam for Cook? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, uh, I, I was really high on Cook uh, this off season, just finally getting healthy in the way that the Vikings, uh, want to play and the way they want to use him. And, and yeah, just offensive environment. I mean, honestly, it's just better for the Vikings now. And, and Nick Chubb has continued to lose pass down reps to, you know, guys like Dontrell Hilliard. And, and when that happens, um, it's just a, a warning flag. So yeah, I, I mean, Nick Chubb is obviously a great hold. I, I know he has cream hunt there. I don't know how much cream hunts going to play, but Dalvin cook, I think is, is better. Let's hit a little Week 10 lightning round. So I'll give you two players. Pick the player that you think will have a bigger Week 10 performance. Of course, half PPR is the assumption. Two bounce-back wide receivers. Allen Robinson at Detroit or Christian Kirk at Tampa Bay? Uh, yeah, I'll go with Christian Kirk. Uh, just so much more likely to be a shootout there. And, and we talked about Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, it's just really scary. And before Kirk got hurt, he was number three among all the wide receivers and targets. Two road wide receivers who are in tricky spots. Bills, John Brown, every game has been 50 yards or above at Cleveland. Or, of course, A.J. Green returning here, but with Ryan Finley against the Ravens. Oh, good question. Yeah, I mean, not only is it A.J. Green's season debut and we're uncertain on how Ryan Finley will play, but also this Ravens secondary is just playing so, so, so well and has so much talent. So I think I'm going to go with... with uh, John Brown here uh, at Cleveland. Running back, Derek Henry at home against Kansas City. Not a lot in the receiving game, but of course he's going to get the volume. Or Marlon Mack here, with which will be interesting with Brian Hoyer under center at home against Miami. So two running backs here in pretty good spots at home. 
Yeah, really good. I don't typically play Marlon Mack almost uh, at all just because, you know, he gets phased out so quickly if they fall behind. The thing is, it's really unlikely they fall behind uh, against Miami. So, yeah, I I think, uh, man, this one's close. I think I'll stay Marlon Mack, but I'd have to think more about it. And last one, better tight end play. Evan Ingram against the Jets. The Jets are fifth best against opposing tight ends. Or Greg Olson on the road against the Packers, who are going to want to bounce back after that bad performance against the Chargers. Yeah, I think Evan Ingram banged up uh, his knee a little bit, like real late in that game on Monday night. Hopefully he's okay. If he is, I'm always going to just want to bet on youth youth and talent. I wouldn't really care about matchup uh, too much uh, when we're comparing a guy like Evan Ingram and a guy like like Greg Olson. Adam, you're a big sports fan. Curious, what's the best sporting event you ever attended live in person? Yeah, um, man, I, I was uh, um, lucky to uh, be at a lot of cool events when I was when I was younger. I, I maybe maybe the coolest one was uh, Allen Iverson's first uh, game back in Philadelphia after he was traded to the Nuggets. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. He came back and I mean, people were just going berserk. He he got out there and he kissed the floor and yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a cool game. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was actually uh, really cool um, to be at for sure. All right, last question, man. You've been fantastic. So much information. Can't thank you enough. Last question, then we'll get you out of here. I'm just curious because at this point in dynasty leagues, there are teams that have fallen out of contention and they're going to be willing to trade disappointing veteran players for picks. It's just what they're going to do, especially with such a robust draft coming up in 2020. So I'm just curious, who's a veteran player who's disappointed this year that possibly you think is is reasonable to trade for? So I'm thinking like a Juju Smith-Schuster, right? For someone who dropped out, there's a lot of questions at quarterback, Ben is injured. Uh, OBJ, of course, has struggled and, it, you know, he's, he's sort of made hints here after games to Jimmy Garoppolo and everyone how I should have been in San Francisco. Devontae Adams, out of sight, out of mind. Sometimes people get, get, you know, get, forget what, what they used to be able to do and, and produce. I'm just curious, who's a, a veteran player that pretty much has had a tough season? But you know what? You think that, hey, listen, he's going to bounce back in a big way and maybe you can take advantage of a dynasty owner who's, who's willing to dump for picks. Yeah, I, I think Odell and Devontae Adams you mentioned are are really good ones. I mean, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if people were selling those guys just because young, you know, talented wide receivers are such uh, an incredible asset in Dynasty. Um, I think uh, if we were looking at the running back position, I, I know uh, maybe somebody's willing to sell on David Johnson. You know, they they saw him losing mm, reps yep. to to Chase Edmonds, they saw him losing reps to Kenyon Drake, or they'll see him losing reps to Kenyon Drake uh, coming up. They saw the offense not uh, play that well this year, but I think as they improve their wide receiver play and as they res- uh, improve their offensive line play, it'll be good for, for David Johnson. So I, I'd be okay with trying to get him. Folks, Adam Levitan, have to follow him on Twitter at Adam Levitan one of the true giants in the industry, co-founder over at Establish the Run with Evan Silva. Fantastic work, amazing content. Definitely check it out. Adam, great job as always, man. I know you're super busy. Thanks for squeezing us in. I'm sure you're going on live right now somewhere, but thanks so much. Great fantasy advice and keep doing amazing work over there at Establish the Run. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag of Rotoviz Radio feed. 
contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio and at randallrant. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.